Good morning, people of God. This is Apostle Shirley Evans this morning with a prophetic word and song from the Holy Spirit. Today being September the 7th, the time is 10.04 a.m. We just thank God for another day. We pray that everyone is in their sound mind and we thank God for sight that no one have to hold our hands to walk but we want Jesus to always hold our hands. And so we pray that um, the joy of the Lord will be your strength today and that he will keep you in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on him. And I think, I think, I think, I don't know how many songs I have, but I just let the Holy Spirit have his way as I always do because he's wonderful. He's a merciful savior. Wonderful, merciful Savior, precious Redeemer and friend, who would have thought that a lamb could rescue the souls of men? Oh, you rescue the souls of men. Counselor, comforter, keeper, spirit we long to embrace. You offer hope when our hearts have hopelessly lost the way. Oh, we hopelessly lost the way. You are the one that we praise. You are the one we adore. You give the healing and grace. Our hearts always hunger for. Oh, our hearts always hunger for. Almighty, infinite Father, faithfully loving your own. Here in our weakness you find us falling before your throne. Oh, we're falling before your throne. You are the one that we praise. You are the one we adore. You give the healing and grace. Our hearts always hunger for. Oh, our hearts always hunger for. You are the one that we praise. You are the one we adore. You give the healing and grace. Our hearts always hunger for. Oh, our hearts always hunger for. There is power, power, wonder-working power in the blood of the Lamb. There is power, power, wonder-working power in the precious blood 
of the Lamb. Oh, the blood of Jesus. Oh, the blood of Jesus. Oh, the blood of Jesus. It washes white as snow. There is power in the blood of Jesus. There is power in the blood of Jesus. There is power in the blood of Jesus. It washes white as snow. There is healing in the blood of Jesus. There is healing in the blood of Jesus. There is healing in the blood of Jesus. It washes white as snow. There's redemption in the blood of Jesus. There's redemption in the blood of Jesus. There's redemption in the blood of Jesus. It washes white as snow. Yes, there is power in the blood of Jesus. And we are redeemed by the blood of Jesus. Redeemed how I love to proclaim it. Redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Redeemed through his infinite mercy, his child and forever I am. Redeemed, redeemed, redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Redeemed, redeemed. His child and forever I am. And his blood will wash our sins away. What can wash my sins away? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. And what can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is that font that makes me white as snow. No other font I know. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. I know it was the blood 
I know it was the blood. I know it was the blood saved me. One day when I was lost, Jesus died upon that cross. I know it was the blood saved me. Thank Jesus for the blood. Thank Jesus for the blood. Thank Jesus for the blood. It saved me. One day when I was lost, Jesus died upon the cross. Thank Jesus for the blood saved me. And there is power in the blood of Jesus. There is healing in the blood of Jesus. There's deliverance in the blood of Jesus. There is salvation in the blood of Jesus. So we thank God for the blood of Jesus. And our message today is the power of the blood of Christ. Power. Real power. The blood of Christ. Power belongs to God. And our scripture reading beginning Psalm 62 verse 11. Psalm 62 verse 11. And I will get it for you right now. It says, God has spoken once. Twice have I heard this, that power belongeth unto God. I'll repeat that. God has spoken once. Twice have I heard this, that power belongeth unto God. And Job says, Job chapter 33 verse 14, For God speaketh once, yea, twice, yet man perceiveth it not. And the book of Revelation chapter 19 verse 1 says, And after these things I heard a great voice of much people in heaven saying, Hallelujah, salvation and glory and honor and power unto the Lord our God. Power belongs to God. Because power belongs to God, it is at man's disposal But there is one thing that separates man and God, and that is sin. We read in Isaiah chapter 59, verse 1 to 2. It says, Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened, that it cannot save, nor is air heavy, that it cannot hear. But your iniquities have separated you from your God. And your sins have hidden his face from you so that he will not hear. Iniquities means wickedness. Before we can know God's power in our lives and service, sin must be removed in order to get rid of the separation between God and us. It is Christ's blood that removes sin. See Hebrews chapter 9 verse 26 I will find that right now. Hebrews chapter 9, verse 26 says, verse 26 says, 
for then must he often often have suffered since the foundation of the world but now once in the end of the world hath he appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself and so we must know the power of the blood if we are to know the power of god i'll repeat that we must know the power of the blood if we are to know the power of god our experience of the power of the word the power of the holy spirit and the power of prayer is dependent on our knowing the power of the blood of christ let us see what the blood of christ has the power to do i just sang some of the words in my song it redeems us it heals us it saves us and on and on first of all the blood of christ is an offering to god for sin in romans 3 verse 25 it says whom god set forth as a propitiation by his blood through faith to demonstrate his righteousness because in his forbearance god had passed over the sins that were previously committed in the earlier verses paul proved all men to be sinners every mouth may be stopped and all the world may become guilty before god so that's in 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 hebrews chapter 9 verse 19 let me find that for you ah blessed jesus it says for when moses had spoken every precept to all the people according to the law he took the blood of calves and goats with water and scarlet wool and hyssop and sprinkled both the book and all the people but god is holy a god who hates sin God's hatred of sin is no false hatred. It is real. It is living. It is active. Somehow, it must manifest itself. God's wrath at sin must strike somewhere. What hope then is there for any of us? For the Bible said, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. That's in verse 23. Um, that's what it says. God gives us his own answer to this tremendously important question. There is hope for us because God himself has provided an appeasement the shed blood of Christ. God has set forth Christ as a propitiation by his blood through faith. And so, um, faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. 
the shed blood of Christ. God has set forth Christ as a propitiation by his blood through faith. The rod of God at sin strikes him instead of striking us. The prophet Isaiah glimpsed this great truth several hundred years before the birth of Christ. He says in Isaiah 53 verse 6, All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord has laid, literally made to strike. The Lord has made Jesus. He has laid on him the iniquity, the wickedness, the foolishness, the sin, the iniquity of us all. The first power of Jesus' blood is a sin offering, providing a target for and satisfying God's holy wrath at sin. He is our Passover. 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7. I will read that. First Corinthians chapter five verse seven um, declares First Corinthians five and seven says Purge out therefore the old leaven that ye may be a new lump as ye are unleavened, for even Christ our Passover is sacrificed for us. When God sees his blood, he will pass over and spare us, even though we are sinners. In, in Exodus chapter 12, verse 13, when I was a young girl, we had to, we had to sing the Bible, Bible chapters from Genesis to Revelation. So Exodus chapter 12, was 13 and 23. Exodus 12, 13 and 23, it says, And the blood shall be to you for a token upon the houses where ye are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. And the plague shall not be upon you to destroy you when I smite the land of Egypt. Well, any other world is being stricken right now with the plague. And let's understand and let's believe that we are who, who in Christ when he see the blood he will pass over us and that plague would not touch us and verse 23 it says for the Lord will pass through to smite the Egyptians and when he see the blood upon the lintel and on the two side posts the Lord will pass over the door and will not suffer the destroyer to come in unto your houses to smite you. Now we're not gonna have to put the red thing on our door because the door is our hearts. <laughs> the door of our hearts, our relationship, the door. And so this propitiation is chiefly for the believer. I repeat, this propitiation is chiefly for the believer. A propitiation through faith. Romans 3 and 25, 
I'll find that Romans 3 and 25 says, Romans 3 and 25 says, when God had set forth, whom God had set forth to be a propitiation through faith in his blood to declare his righteousness for the remission of sins that are passed through the forbearance of God. And so here we are, all of God's wrath at the believer's sins is fully appeased or satisfied in the blood of Christ. I'll repeat that. All of God's wrath at the believer's sins is fully appeased or satisfied in the blood of Christ. What a wonderfully comforting thought it is when we remember how often and how greatly we have sinned. We know how infinitely holy God is, how he hates sin, and how his wrath has already been fully appeased in the shed blood of his own son, the propitiation that he himself provided. So he has provided it for believers and unbelievers. The blood of Christ covers unbelievers. I'll repeat, the blood of Christ covers unbelievers as well as believers. The vilest sinner and the most stubborn unbeliever and blasphemer. The word of declares, declares in John chapter, 1 John chapter 2 and 2. And he himself is the propitiation for our sins. And not for ours only, but also for the whole world. By the shed blood of Christ, a basis is provided on which God can deal mercifully with the whole world. We just, we just have to accept it. All of God's dealings in mercy with man are now the ground of the shed blood of Christ. And more, his dealings with those who ridicule the doctrine of the atonement are on the ground of that shed blood. All the mercy of God on man since the fall of Adam is on the ground of that shed blood. Without the shed blood, God would cut the sinner off at once in his sin. You know how sometimes we get so angry and say, I don't want nothing to do with her. I don't know want nothing to do with That's it. I cut her off. I'll repeat that. Without the shed blood, God would cut the sinner off at once in his sin. Someone may ask, how then could God have dealt in mercy with sinners before Christ came and died? The answer is simple. Jesus is a lamb who was slain from the foundation of the world. That's what it says in Revelation chapter 13, verse 8. Jesus is a lamb who was slain from the foundation of the world. From the moment sin entered the world, God had his eyes on that sacrifice that he himself had prepared from the foundation of the world. In the very Garden of Eden, the blood of sacrifices that pointed to the true sacrifice began to flow. It is the power of the blood that has given men the security of God's mercy sin, since sin arrived. 
the most determined rejecter of Christ owes all he has that is good to Christ's blood. He also forgives through his blood. Again, in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 7, we read, We have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. Forgiveness of sins is not something the believer in Christ is to look for in the future. It is something he already has. We have, said Paul, the forgiveness of our sins. Forgiveness of sin is not something we are to do. It is not something to secure. It is something that the blood of Christ has already secured, which our faith simply appropriates and enjoys. Forgiveness has already been secured for every believer in Christ by the power of his blood. Let me repeat that. I didn't say unbeliever. Forgiveness has already been secured for every believer in Christ by the power of his blood. And so therefore, let us learn to rest in the peace Christ gives us, who counts his sins, our sins forgiven because Christ's blood was shed and God says so. We have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. And daily we have to be cleansed. The Bible said we are clean through the word of God. Abide in me. Another passage very closely related to this one reveals the power of Christ's blood even further. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Isn't that amazing? Let me repeat this. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. You now you know you could be going somewhere and all of a sudden you'll be like, my spirit just don't take to her or him. Why you think that happens? It happens because you are light and that individual is darkness. So can two walk together except they be agreed? It means light and darkness don't comprehend one another. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we would have fellowship with one another who's light. Because we walk in the light. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. First John, First John chapter 1 verse 7. This describes the completeness of the forgiveness we get through the blood. The blood of Christ has the power to cleanse the believer from all sin. And it cleanses continuously, keeping him clean every minute, every day, and every hour because we sin in thought, word, and deed. But look at the blood. The blood of Christ has the power to cleanse the believer from all sin. 
it cleanses continuously keeping him clean every minute every day and every hour like when we wear our clothes and it gets dirty we have to put in a washing machine with detergent to clean it but here it is that blood of jesus continuously every minute every day is washing us clean hallelujah praise the lord because we could get real contaminated but the blood the blood of christ has the power to cleanse the believer from all sin and it cleanses continuously keeping him clean every minute every day and every hour that is awesome the cleansing here is from the guilt of sin when cleansing is mentioned in the bible in connection with the blood it is always cleansing from guilt because we still thinking of that guilt of what we did a hundred years ago when he forgot it he cleaned it cleansing from the power of sin and the presence of sin is by the word of god that's why we have to stay in the word of god daily now you are clean through the word the holy spirit cleansing from the power of sin and the presence of sin is by the word of god the holy spirit and the living and indwelling christ christ on the cross saves from the guilt of sin christ on the throne saves from the power of sin i will repeat that christ on the cross shedding his blood there saves from the guilt of sin christ on the throne saves from the power of sin and christ coming again will save from the presence of sin he washes us white as snow could you imagine blood washing filth and you turn to snow you would think that blood washing filth will turn to blood no when one is walking in the light submitting to the light and walking in christ who is the light then the blood of christ cleanses from all the guilt of sin i'll repeat that when one is walking in the light submitting to the light and walking in christ who is the light when the light says do not go down the fish fry do not go to the bar room you're christian unless the light sends you to the bar room to let your light shine to minister to someone who needs jesus you're not supposed to be there when one is walking in the light submitting to the light and walking in christ who is the light then the blood of christ cleanses from all the guilt of sin his past may be as bad as a past can be laden with countless enormous sins but they are all everyone the greatest and the smallest washed away his record is absolutely white in god's sight that's a mystery it is as white as a record of jesus christ himself his sins that were as scarlet are as white as snow though they were red like crimson they are as wool isaiah chapter 1 verse 18 um, declares that 
I will find that Isaiah chapter 1 verse 18 says come now and let us reason together saith the Lord though your sins be as scarlet they shall be as white as snow though they be red like crimson they shall be as wool that's what the word of God says the blood of Christ has the power to wash the blackest record white we all had a black past for if we could see our past as God sees it before it is washed the record of the best of us would be black 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 David looking in the mirror he said my sin is ever before me Lord Jesus cleanse me but if we are walking in the light submitting to the truth of God believing in the light in Christ our record today is as white as Christ's garments were when the disciples saw him on the Mount of Transfiguration no one can lay anything to the charge of God's elect Romans 8 33 says that and I will find that Romans 8 Romans 8 and Romans 8 and 33 declares that it says who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect it is God that justify it there is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus Romans chapter 8 verse 1 says that there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit we also save from the wrath like I said the other day God said his wrath is here and a blind man can see and know that the wrath of God is on this world in Romans chapter 5 verse 9 we read much more than have now been justified by his blood we shall be saved from wrath through him the blood of Christ has the power to justify every believer in Christ is already justified in Christ's blood this means that he is more than forgiven and cleansed forgiveness as glorious as it is is a negative thing it means merely that our sins are put away and we are regarded as if we had not sinned but justification is positive it means that we are counted as positively righteous that positive and perfect righteousness the perfect righteousness of Christ is credited to our account it is a good thing to be stripped of vile and filthy rags but it is far better to be clothed with garments of glory and beauty in forgiveness we are stripped of the vile and stinking rags of our sin in justification we are clothed with the glory and beauty of Christ the power of the blood secures this experience
in shedding his blood as a penalty for sin. Christ took our place. When we believe in him, we step into his place. I will repeat that. In shedding his blood as a penalty for sin, Christ took our place. When we believe in him, we step into his place. For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Second Corinthians chapter 5 verse 21. And so, now, let us look at Hebrews chapter 9 verse 14, which says, How much more shall the blood of Christ through the eternal spirit offer himself without spot to God, cleanse your conscience from dead works to serve the living God? I remember I used to say, everybody doesn't have a conscience. Yes, everybody have a conscience. The blood of Christ has the power to cleanse the conscience from dead works to serve the living God. Do you understand what that means? Well, it means it is a glorious truth. And let me see if I can explain it. When a man awakens to the fact that he is a sinner and that God is holy, he feels that he must do something to please God and atone for sin. He must somehow make restitution or give away money to atone for his sins. All these self-efforts to please God and atone for sins are dead works. They can never accomplish what they aim at and can never bring peace. And so, the blood of Jesus Christ, the power of the blood, washes away our sins and justifies us before God, making us pleasing and acceptable in God's sight by reason of that shed blood. Then our consciences are not only relieved from the burden of guilt, but also from the burden of our self-efforts. We are now at liberty to serve the living God, not in the slavery of fear, but in the liberty of the freedom and joy of those who know they are accepted and beloved. It is the blood that delivers us from the awful bondage of thinking we must do something to atone for sins and please God. The blood shows us that it is already done. I'm no longer a slave to sin for I am a child of the king I'm no longer in bondage I'm no longer a slave to sin for I am a child of the king it is already done Many Christians today have not permitted the blood of Christ to cleanse their consciences from dead works. They are constantly feeling they must do something to atone for sin. Look at what God looks at, the blood, and see that it is already done. God is satisfied. Sin is atoned for. 
You are justified. Don't do dead works. To commend yourself to God. Realize that you are already commended by the blood. Then serve him in the freedom of love, not in the bondage of fear. I'm no longer slave to fear, for I am a child of the king. There are three kinds of men. First, there are those who are not at all burdened by sin, who, on the contrary, love it. That is wholly bad. Second, there are those who are burdened by sin and seek to get rid of it by their own works. That is better, but there is something infinitely better. Third, there are those who saw the hideousness of sin and were burdened by it, but who have been brought to see the power of the blood settling sin forever and putting it away. They are no longer burdened and no longer work to commend themselves to God. Rather, out of joyous gratitude, they serve him who perfectly justifies the ungodly through his shed blood. We belong to God. In Acts chapter 20, verse 28, the word declares, Take heed to yourselves and all the flock among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. To shepherd the church of God, which he purchased with his own blood. In Revelation chapter 5 verse 9, it declares, And they sang a new song, saying, You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals. For you were slain and have redeemed us to God by your blood out of every tribe and tongue and people and nation. The blood of Christ has the power to purchase us, to make us God's own. The blood of Christ makes me God's own property. That thought brings me a feeling of responsibility if I'm God's own property. If I belong to God, I must serve him wholly. Body, soul, and spirit must be surrendered completely to him. But the thought that I am God's property also brings a feeling of security. God can and will take care of his own property. Don't you take care of your property all the time? So God can and will take care of his own property. That's us. So don't be dismayed. He will take care of you. The blood of Christ has power to make me eternally secure. We learn still more about the power of blood in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 19 to 20. The word declares, Therefore, brethren, we have boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, which he consecrated for us through the veil that is his flesh. The blood of Christ has the power to give the believer boldness to enter into the holy place, the very presence of God. You know, years ago, a lot of people thought that, hey, I, to enter into God, I have to go to the priest and stand outside the window and make penitence. No, no, no. We have access 
to go right in the very presence of God. In the old Jewish days of the tabernacle and temple, God manifested himself on the most holy place. He manifests himself in the most holy place. This was a place to meet God. Only one Jew in all the nation was allowed to enter this hallowed place. That is the high priest. He could go in only once a year on the day of atonement and then only with blood. God was teaching the Jews and through them, the world, three great truths that God is unapproachably holy, that man is sinful, and that sinful man can approach a holy God only through atoning blood. That is, without shedding of blood, there is no remission of sins. Hebrews chapter 9 verse 22. Consequently, no approach to God. But the blood of the Old Testament sacrifices was only a symbol of the true sacrifice. The true sacrifice is Jesus Christ. Because of his shed blood, the vilest sinner who believes on him has a right to approach God boldly. Going into his very presence whenever he desires without fear, in full assurance of faith. The wondrous power of the blood of Christ removes all fear when I draw near to the consuming fire. Hebrews 12 verse 29 of my most holy God. Yes, I am a sinner, but by that wondrous offering of Christ once for all, in Hebrews 9 and 12, my sin is forever put away. I am perfected and justified, Romans 3 and 24. On the ground, that blood so precious and satisfying to God, I can march boldly into the very presence of God. But the blood of Christ has still further power. In the book of Revelation chapter 22, Verse 14, the word declares, Blessed are those who do his commandments, that they may have the right to the tree of life and may enter through the gates into the city. Revelation chapter 7, 14 declares, These are the ones who come out of the great tribulation and washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. We see that it is in the blood of Christ that robes are washed. The blood of Christ, therefore, has the power to give those who believe in him a right to the tree of life, an entrance into the city of God. Sin shut men away from the tree of life and out of Eden. Genesis chapter 20, Genesis chapter 3, verse 22 to 24. Genesis chapter 3 Genesis chapter 3 verse 22 to 24 it says and the Lord God said behold the man is become as one of us to know good and evil and now, lest he put forth his hand and take also of the tree of life and eat and live forever. Therefore, the Lord God sent him forth from the garden of Eden 
to till the ground from whence he was la- from whence he was taken so he drove out the man and he placed at the east of the garden of eden cherubims and a flaming sword which turned every way to keep the way of the tree of life man was driven out the shed blood of christ reopens the way to the tree of life man sin caused man to be driven out but the shed blood of christ reopens the way to the tree of life and to the new jerusalem the blood of christ regains all that adam lost by sin and brings us much more than we lost we really need the atoning blood do you fully appreciate the blood of christ have you let it have the power that it ought to have some people today try to devise a theology that leaves out the blood of christ but christianity without the atoning blood is a christianity without mercy for the sinner without settled peace for the conscience without genuine forgiveness without justification without cleansing without boldness in approaching god without power it is not christianity but it's the devil's own counterfeit we need the blood of christ if we desire fullness of power in christian life and service we must know the power of the blood of christ for it is what brings us pardon justification and boldness in our approach approach to god we cannot experience the power of the spirit until we know the power of the blood i repeat that we cannot experience the power of the spirit until we know the power of the blood we certainly cannot experience the power of prayer until we know the power of that blood by which alone we can approach god i will repeat that we certainly cannot experience the power of prayer until we know the power of that blood by which alone we can approach god those who ignore the fundamental truth about the blood are trying to build a lofty superstructure with a firm foundation remember when they tried to build that tower of babel god was angry came down and just break it up destroy it so to those who ignore the fundamental truth about the blood they are trying to build a lofty superstructure without a firm foundation the bible said nevertheless the foundation of god standard sure having the seal the lord god knoweth those who are his but let those who name the name of Christ depart from iniquity. We need the blood. It is bound to tumble. We must begin with the blood if we are to go on to the Holy of Holies. Every priest who entered the holy place first met the bronze altar where blood was shed. There is no other way of entrance there. If you do not learn the lesson about the blood, 
then we've missed something. To everyone who wishes to know the power of the Spirit, be first put the question, and I will put this question to you. Do you know the power of the blood? What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. I know it was the blood. I know it was the blood. I know it was the blood saved me. One day when I was lost, Jesus died upon the cross. I know it was the blood saved me. There is power, power, wonder-working power in the blood of the Lamb. There is power, power, wonder-working power in the precious blood of the Lamb. So we need the blood. That is where the power is. We need the power of the blood. And so there is power in the blood. There is power in the word of God. There is power in the blood. Jesus is the word. He shed his blood and we need it. And so I bless God for this word today. And I pray that he shower you with his grace and mercy, overshadow you today. May you be safe. May you know that you are loved. May you know that you're redeemed by the blood. May you remember there is healing and deliverance and salvation in the blood of Jesus. Stay safe. I love you and God bless you and have a blessed day. Amen.